This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul on a beautiful Friday afternoon here. It's almost almost like summer, even though, of course, we know it's the middle of of uh, a winter. Welcome, welcome to each and every one of you. Thank you so much for being part of our radio family uh, this Friday and every Friday. It's, it's wonderful to come into your homes, come into your cars, come into your lives for a just a few minutes on Erev Shabbos to share a few words of Torah, to share a few words of inspiration, a few, share a few words of, of halacha, so that this Shabbos will be more meaningful and more dedicated. And, and uh, yeah, when, you, when, you, when your mind is full of, of good things, of, insp- of inspirational things, then the whole way we behave, the whole way we, we act, the whole way we react to, to Shabbos is, uh, is you know, Totally different. Yeah, our, our life is all about trying to find who we really are. And every time we hear a, a a good thought, and every time we we are are turned on by something that that helps us, that uh, encourages us to to know a little bit more about where we fit in in the greater part of the Bria, because the Rebbeinu uh, uh organizes that we hear the Torah, even the Torah that that we hear is is what we need. To to hear nothing, nothing is random. Nothing is is uh, just a sort of a coincidence. If we hear it about Torah, if we're exposed to a certain something, that that is important. That's really really real for 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 us. So, Pasha's Chukas, there's lots and lots to to uh, to speak about. But a lot has been spoken about the first part of the Pasha, which of course is the Pora Aduma, the red heifer, and the fact that it is this amazing chok, this thing that we don't understand, and, and the lessons that are to be drawn from that, and then the the death of Miriam, and the, the, the sin of, of Moshe Rabbeinu, where he hit the rock, or instead of speaking to the rock, and, and the implication, huge implication of that for Moshe, that he would not be allowed to go into 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 Israel, but at the very end of 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 the Pasha, the Torah relates about the uh, the battle of the Jewish nation against the king, the great uh, giant uh, Og. Melech Abashan was the king of of all of Abashan, and Sichon Melech Sichon was the king of the uh, of the Amori, and the Torah tells us that uh, the Jews went towards Bashan and and Og, the king of Bashan, went out to meet him and all of his people came with and they did uh, battle with the Jews at a place called Edriel. And Hashem says to Moshe, <coughs> do not sorry, do not be afraid of him. Uh, because I have given him into your hand, not only him, but his entire people and his land, and you shall do to him exactly as you did to Sichon, the king of the Amori, who dwelled in in uh, in in Heshbon. So Rashi comments on the phrase Hashem saying to him, "Al don't be afraid of him." Uh, when 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 Hashem has to say, "Don't be afraid." Rashi draws the, the inference from that, Shaya Moshe Yari, that Moshe Rabbeinu was in fact afraid to do battle against, against Og. Why? Says, cause perhaps the merit of Avram Ovinu would help him, would help Og, 
as it says, and the survivor came. And this refers to Oig, who survived the, uh, from the, from the Rafaim that were, uh, beaten up and, and destroyed by Kedol Oimer and his allies in the battle of Ashtoros Karnaim, as it says Kirak Oig Yerech because Oig was the only one who was left from the remaining Rephaim. So what was this? So the, the uh, Mepharshim explained that Moshe Rabbeinu, that Oig was afraid, Moshe Rabbeinu was afraid that perhaps Oig would receive, Siat Shmai would, would receive divine protection in the schus and the merit of the fact that he came to tell Avramovinu that Lot had been, had been captured. And Moshe Rabbeinu was afraid that that would be such a big merit for him that he might be able to be successful in the in the uh, in the war, and and there are obviously several questions on on this on this Rashi. First and foremost, uh, Chazal Chazal tell us that uh, the uh, 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 Chazal tell us that uh, that uh, um, the Chiskuni, both both the Chiskuni and and the uh, and the Kliyaka both ask the question. Why was Oig's act of coming to tell Avramovinu that Light had been captured? Why was that considered such a meritorious act at, at, at all? When in fact we, we, if we consider the fact that Rashi <coughs> tells us uh, way back in Pasha's Lechlacha that, uh, that, uh, uh, Oig's real intention was that Avram should go to battle. And hopefully against these four huge, big uh, you know, uh, uh, dynasties, and he would be killed in the battle, which would leave Sarah unaccounted for, and then he would go and he would marry. He would marry Sarah. So if that was his whole intention coming, it wasn't it wasn't altruistic at all. It wasn't that uh, he wanted Lloyd to be saved. He wanted Avram to die. So why would his actions merit any kind of rewards at all? Let alone a reward to the to to the extent that the, that Moshe would be actually concerned uh, about it. So the Chizkuni answers the question that we learn from this: how positive a positive action can actually be, even when they are performed with the wrong intentions, with totally totally selfish and an ulterior kind of kind of motives. Still. A positive action, a, a mitzvah, a good deed, has has its power. That's that's a chizkuni's yisoid in, in in understanding why Moshe Ben was afraid. The the uh, the Kliyoka says that we learn from the fact that in fact that the fact that Og was ultimately killed by Moshe Benu, that in reality his action was not considered. Such, such a, such a merit. Otherwise, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have died. But Moshe, first of all, was not aware, uh, uh, of, oh, you know, Rashi's telling us, but Moshe wasn't necessarily aware, says the Kliyaka, of Oig's sort of devious in, intentions when he prepared to confront them in a battle. He thought that he was doing it the Shem Shemayim. And that's in fact why he was, he was, uh, he was, uh, 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 afraid, but 
you know, despite what, what the Chizkuni says, and yes, it is a, 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 a very, very wichtig, a very important concept that, that positive mitzvahs are, are, are do, uh, are, are, are good things. But still, it's, it's still very difficult to understand how this merit that, uh, of Oig Melech Habashan could be even greater than the, than the collective merits of Moshe Rabbeinu and the entire Jewish nation against whom he was coming to, to fight. It's still, it's still very difficult to, to understand. Secondly, or maybe thirdly, uh, another question is, it's funny, Rashi says that Moshe Rabbeinu was referred, uh, was, was, was afraid that, that, uh, Oig might be protected by the Zechusoy Shel Avram, by the merit of, of Avram. But, it should, really should have said he was protected by the fact that he had done this chesed to Avram, that he had done this uh, this great act of of, of informing Avram. Why, did, why is it called, in fact, the merit of Avram that that uh, that saved him? So, the the in fact that the Gemara the Gemara Nida says that in fact Sichon and Oig were brothers, and the Gemara asks. Why was Moshe only afraid of Oig, but not of uh, of Sichon? So the Gemara answers. Amar of Shimon ben Yochai, Shimon ben Yochai says, "Mitshuvasai shall Oisa tzaddik." Says from the answer that that tzaddik received, that Moshe Rabbeinu lechara received, we can really find out what was. He's, he's so concerned about. He was concerned, says Gemara, that the merit of Avram Avinu would, would assist him. He says, Maybe the merit of Avram Avinu would assist him. And, and the Gemara raises several questions on this. Firstly, where do we see in Hashem's, in Hashem's answer to Moshe, that, uh, that there's any hint even that, uh, that Moshe was afraid of Oig due to uh, his connection to Avinu. It's not. It doesn't seem to appear at all in the in the in the pesukim. And secondly, why does the Gemara refer to Moshe Abenu as Oisay Tzadik? Why doesn't he just say that uh, that uh, just saying that Moshe uh, Abenu? Why does why does he refer to him in this case as Oisay as Oisay Tzadik? So there's a interesting concept. Raised uh, by the by the commentaries, where they quote a a, a Zayra Kaddish, which kind of opens up the whole sugya in, in a in a different in a different way. They quote the Zayra saying that there are two places in the entire Torah where the word Oisai, which we translate as as him, is written in its full form. In other words, Aleph Vav Tuf. Vav. Every other place, and it's written, it's mentioned quite often in the Torah, it's spelled without the first Vav. Aleph, Tav, Vav. The first place is, says in our Pasuk, where Hashem tells Moshe, Al Tira Oisai, there it's written with two, with two Vavs. And the second place is interesting in Pasha's Kiseitse, in the Pasha of returning a lost object, where the pasuk, where the pasuk says, says, Ad 
until your brother, you have to keep an item, an item for somebody else until your brother comes searching for it. And the Zaya, the Zaya explains that the reason why the word is written in full in these, in these two places is in order to hint to the fact that by an Aveda, how is the person going to get it back? How is a, a person who lost an object, how is he going to come to the person and how is he going to identify that the item belongs to him? So the Torah says, says the word oisai comes from the word ois, a, a sign. It can only, the item can only be returned to its rightful order, to its rightful owner, if he, if he, uh, provides an ice, a sign that it is his. That's Hilchus HaShavas That in order to get an item back, you have to provide, provide a sign. So he says, therefore, in our Pasha also, says the Zayar, when it says that uh, Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, Hashem tells Moshe, Al Tira Oisai, so it's written in, in, in full to hint us that the word Ois, sign, which, it, it, which refers, he says, to the mitzvah of Brismila, because we know that Brismila is an Ois, a sign on us of our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he says the reason is because after he escaped from the battlefield, so he remained with Avram Avinu and actually became a member of, of his household. As a result of which, Avram performed a brismila on Oig as well as the rest of his family. And by doing that, so he kind of imprinted on him with an ice, the sign of Kedusha, of a sign of, of holiness. The Zayas actually tells us that when Oig saw Klai Yisrael coming to fight with him, he wasn't afraid of them because he was confident that he would defeat them in the merit of his bris, of his brismila, which had been formed by no less a personality than Avram Avinu himself long before any of the Jews who were coming to fight him had even been, had even been born and certainly before they had their, their bris. For this, Moshe Rabbeinu was concerned. And, and he wasn't sure that he'd be able, in fact, to kill, to kill Oig, because by, by killing Oig, he would then destroy the ice that Avram Avinu had made. Hashem therefore assured him, Al Tiroisai, don't be afraid of the fact that, uh, Oig has had a bris, a bris mila, and that the fact the bris mila would offer him no protection at all, because Hashem said to him, he is totally messed up. He no longer lives with the Kedusha of, of Brismila. He's defiled the Brismila by, by sinning. And one who defiles his ois of the Brismila deserves to be uprooted from, from, uh, from, from the world. So, therefore, it, it makes, it makes beautiful sense. So, what Akadish Baruch, what, what Moshe Bain was worried about, that, it might, the z'chus of Avram Avinu, the z'chus that Avram performed the brismila on, uh, on, on, uh, that might be what gave him the sufficient degree of holiness, the sufficient degree of, of Kedusha, that he'd be able to withstand the attack of, uh, of, uh, of, of the B'nai Yisrael. And although sort of desire doesn't seem to have any connection 
with a statement quoted above from the Gemara. Am I sure Rabbeinu was worried about Oig having a merit of Avram Avinu? So there's an interesting connection now that since the statement in uh, in the Gemara in in Nida was was said by. Rav Shimon Bayechai, this statement that uh, he was worried that the schus of Amnovinu, that was, that was a statement said by by Rav Shimon, Rav Shimon Bayechai, who was also the the one who wrote the the Zayar. Therefore, there's a, there's a definitely a link between between the two of them, and therefore, uh, when Chazal used the word Oisay Tzadik. In several places the word is is used it's always it's always uh used in connection with Avram Avinu and in fact the commentaries like why Oisai Tzadik why is that Avram because again what was the Oisai the Ois Avram Avinu was the first person he was the Tzadik he was the first person that performed Brismila uh, on 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 himself and therefore, he's referred to as Oisai Tzadik. He was the first person to have a Brismila, which is referred to as uh, as the uh, as as the Ois. So Moshe Rabbeinu is being told, Al Tiroisai, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what of the Zechus of Avram Avinu that Avram Avinu gave him a bris. Why? Because as Isaiah says, he's messed up. He's messed up that bris, and uh, and therefore. Uh, there was uh, no reason for Moshe to be afraid, even though it wasn't only Oig, it was also the, the Yalkut says that uh, the, the, uh, the, his nation were also very mighty and very, very, uh, and very, very powerful. But still, what set him, what set Oig apart from everybody else was the fact that he had, that he had, uh, that he had the, the, the bris. And therefore, when he says the Oisei Tzadik, it's not referring to Moshe Shabbat at all, it's referring to the Schus of, uh, of uh, of Avinu, who did that bris on on Avinu. but again, so it it does it does in fact uh, uh, dovetail nicely with the with the Kliyaka because it was it was an amazing amazing thing that uh, that Oig uh, had a bris and in fact in a Hanami it could have been a protection for him except that unfortunately he hadn't lived the life that was consistent with someone who has that kedusha, with someone who has the bris and therefore uh Klaisol was guaranteed this chus to be able to win to win the war just a little bit of an idea of how important bris mila is and and the concept of what Moshe Rabbeinu was 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 afraid of we're going to come back now with some Hilchas Shabbos, more about children and Shabbos. Don't run away. This is 11.9 High FM, soul to soul, on the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 11.9 High FM, you're back on your radio here on Friday afternoon. This is Erev Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Chukas, uh, the important times for uh, this week we have actually broken the back of winter. Shabbos is already two minutes later than it was last week. Last week was 5.05. This week, the latest time for lighting uh, candles on Friday afternoon will be at seven minutes past five. It's already two minutes Two minutes later than uh, than than last week, so you can you have much much more time to get yourself uh, to get yourself organized uh, for for Shabbos. Uh, Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night 
at 5.59, one minute before before six before six o'clock. So uh, also two minutes two minutes later, and don't let the weather don't let the weather fool you. It uh, it's fine. The the earliest time for lighting candles, if you want to do so, is at eighteen minutes past four. You can ready if you're ready by then, and it'd be great if you were. You could already light your candles at that time on. Uh, on, uh, on Friday afternoon, it is, I say, Pasha's, Pasha's, uh, Chukas. It's a very interesting Pasha and a phenomenal Haftarah, the story of, of Yiftach HaGiladi, who was drafted to be the general of, of, of the Jewish, of the Jewish nation. And a lot of lessons we learned from that, including his, his brutal honesty when, uh, the elders of Israel come to, come to, uh, come to appoint him as the leader. He says, why do you want me as your leader? You hate me. Instead of fawning to them and and falling over himself to to be honored and accept the, the position, he tells them to them as as it is, which is certainly something that uh, is a lesson worth 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 learning. We're talking about the the obligations vis a vis children on on Shabbos. Last week we discussed the issue of uh, a child having in certain aspects the the law of a of a sick person, not a non dangerously ill. Uh, uh, a person, and therefore certain heterim, certain leniencies that existed in terming in terms of uh, what you could do, what you could ask a a non-Jew to do to do for a child. Today, I want to go on and and speak more a little bit about the perhaps the positive concepts of uh, of things that we should do on. Uh, on, on, on Shabbos and, and the kids being, being kids, obviously they, they want to, they want to play, they want to uh, be involved in, in, in the things that kids do best. And, and, and how do we go on, on those kind of, those kind of things? So obviously, uh, ideally one should be, one should be educating a, uh, a child to, to spend time on Shabbos doing a bit of 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 learning Torah. Particularly, you know, we have kids and kids are in school and obviously during the week we're we're so busy during the week, we're so engaged with all of all of our all of our things we don't necessarily even have time to spend. But uh, to spend a few minutes on Shabbos, come, ten over just let's go over what you learned this week, be it a bit of Chumash, a bit of a, a Mishnah, Gemara, whatever it is that uh, that your child is involved with. Spend a few minutes, not a long time. Don't cramp a star by saying, right, lunch is over, we're going to sit and learn now until until Mincha. Uh, you'll destroy yours and his Shabbos and and relationship, but about a few minutes would be would be uh would would be great. And of course the, the, the best way to educate them, if you don't mind me saying so, is that we spent a bit of time learning uh learning some Torah on Shabbos. You know, there's so much else you want to do, so much else you haven't had a chance to to be involved with uh, the whole week and and uh you know, and then even if we're you know, there's so much uh reading material that uh, you want to catch up on. There's this magazine and that magazine and you got this one before Shabbos and that one before Shabbos and you even remember to to open them and now you want to finish them cover to cover because if you don't do it on Shabbos, you're not going to have any other time. But one second, that's great. I'm, I'm not saying it's a terrible thing to do, but what about uh, spending a little bit of time of uh, of uh, of of learning? So, yeah, as I say, like in all areas of Chinuch, the best education is to model is that uh, we should we should make a, a a little bit of Torah learning 
part of our own lives. Let our kids see that, and that is that is uh, their education. And obviously, if we're trying to get them to spend a little bit more time studying Torah, then in in the same breath, then the education then uh, also covers the fact that we should try to then at least minimize a little bit the time they're going to be playing. Again, I'm not telling any parent to, to not let your child play. It's, it's, a, it's a totally destructive thing to do. But a few, grab a few minutes so that they should learn, they should get educated, not to completely waste their, their precious time. You know, Shabbos is just this uh, 25, uh, 25 hours and every moment is, is, is so holy and, and we have to, we have to, as they say in Zulu, chaparam, we have to, we have to grab the opportunity, grab a few sparks of, of the Kedusha of, uh, of, of, of Shabbos and not waste it completely on, on mundane kind of weekday, weekday things. And obviously, <coughs> as a child gets older and the closer they get to the age of where they themselves are going to be obligated in uh, in, in mitzvahs. So therefore, one has to uh, encourage them. One has to inspire them to to you know, spend a few more minutes learning. And 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 even if it is on the uh, on the on the cheshman, even if it means that they'll have slightly less time to to uh, to to play. And of course, if there's some organized, you know, if if. Uh, uh, in your shul after the Kiddush there's a bit of a, a program where children can learn that's great or maybe before Mincha or something if there's some kind of organized program and if there isn't maybe uh, you need to speak to your Rav and see if we can't get something and not just children's service where they play they play soccer and and uh, you know games which is great but also maybe a, a serious component would be to to spend a bit of time you know uh, uh, going through the parasha not just spending 30 seconds that we can say, oh, we have a Torah component, but actually to give them something of, of, uh, of, 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 of value. And as I said, the best way is if we as parents can, can spend a little bit of time with them and we can fulfill the, the posuk of limanitem oisam espanechem, that you shall teach your children uh, uh, the words of Torah. And of course, we are so privileged in this town that we have this uh, program of uh Subonim every Motza Shabbos where where fathers and sons get a chance after after Shabbat is over to spend forty five minutes together learning, going over, going what they did during the week. Uh okay, obviously uh, uh, uh this week it's not happening because of the school the school holidays, but they'll be starting again another uh, another three weeks or so. But uh it's a wonderful way to, to connect with your child and, and, and really, really uh really learn uh, a, a bit, a little bit, and and uh, as I said, there, there there needs to be in every community some kind of fixed Torah programs for uh, for children on uh, on Shabbos. But at the same time, having said that, of course, it is permitted for children also to play on Shabbos. That's what kids do best, and and therefore we need to just perhaps quickly go through some of the uh, laws, some of the things that are that are relevant to two kids on Shabbos, and we'll do that as soon as we come back from the break. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 High FM. We are back on your radio for our last, uh, last little uh, segment uh, before the 3 o'clock news, and uh, as we get closer 
to to Shabbos. So we're saying that children are definitely allowed to play games on uh, on Shabbos, and therefore we need to speak a little bit about that which is allowed for them to do. What are the uh, what are the uh, laws that apply? To, and we're talking here specifically about children generally under the age of uh, of of bar mitzvah, but obviously. Uh, uh, Children are already over the age of bar mitzvah people that are that are halachically adults. The halachas change a, a, a little bit. Why? Because first of all, because certainly lechatchila, certainly in the first instance, one really should uh, uh, conduct oneself according to the opinion that there are serious poskim uh, uh, who hold that all kinds of of uh, games. Are, are forbidden for adults to uh, to play, and when we actually discussed that before, the Rambam uh, uh, is of the opinion that uh, Shabbos is a serious day, and one shouldn't be playing. And therefore, certainly, when it comes to adults, we look a little bit more seriously at at what we're going to allow them to do. Secondly, even according to those who who disagree with the Rambam and allow even uh, those over bar mitzvah to play on Shabbos. So there are various games about which the the classic poiskim are divided. There's some that allow it and some that uh, that uh, that don't. And therefore when we're talking about children under the age of uh, of of bar mitzvah where their only obligation to keep Shabbos is Midin Chinuch because because they need to be educated and trained how to how to uh, keep Shabbos. So we'd have the right then to be be lenient and and pasking like those who allow such games. But as regards adults who are already obligated Minatayra uh, in 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 keeping of of Shabbos. So therefore we would we would take a more strict approach and and not allow those things for for. Uh, for adults, and please God, we're going to uh, we're going to explain all the laws of the uh, of of that apply to to uh, to to children. In other words, that when we say that even by adults, where we are strict and and we don't allow certain certain uh, uh, things, that would even apply according to the opinion that uh, adults are allowed to play on Shabbos, but even with the uh, Within, but even within that realm, we're going to pick and choose and see which, what things are 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 uh, are uh, are allowed, and then what things uh, what things are not, you know, and 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 we'll, we'll mention what games are are will be permitted uh, only according to those who are who are lenient and how far how far it it goes. So certainly we are your know, one is allowed to play. Uh, a chess or things like that, uh, or different kind of memory memory games. That's certainly one is allowed to play on uh, on uh, on Shabbos. On Shabbos, one can play with uh, with uh, dreidels and 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 things and things like that. But uh, the kind of games where there is money involved, where you're making and and, and winning the games to have more money. Or 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 to wipe the other person out, or even if it's not money, but uh, you're playing, let's say, for 
for food, for you know, you're usually you're playing a game where I don't know the reward is you get nuts or or, or, or sweets or something like that. Even that, because it somehow resembles uh, a business and, and giving and taking, those certainly adult children should not be uh, should not be uh, playing. Uh, also, Shochnog brings down that it would be forbidden to play a game where normally writing is done, where score is kept by 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 writing things down. Or, or, or something like that, or obviously a word game where you're, where you're writing things down. That certainly would not be uh, would not be allowed because uh, the, the danger exists that a person could actually come uh, uh, to write on uh, on Shabbos, um, and therefore there are some paiskim that say that one shouldn't play uh, the game of of monopoly or or things like that. Or other, or again, where 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 we're talking about uh, doing commerce and 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 uh, and even though it's obviously it's imaginary, it's not real, but but it's it's a, a conjured up type of a business environment, and there's money and and property uh, and things uh, involved, and and therefore and therefore many are forbidden. However, there are children if if children do want to. To be lenient and uh, and play, they they so for children on bar mitzvah, it wouldn't be terrible. They would be allowed to to play if they uh, if they if they want. And that Shmir Shabbos Kilchosa brings that down. That for children that wouldn't be wouldn't be forbidden, but for adults for those who are over bar mitzvah, so then one should be one should be stricter and not and not allow playing of of games like like. Uh, like uh, Monopoly or things like that. Um, any any uh, game where writing is is definitely considered part of of the activity, right? Or you have to stick things, right? Uh, or, or you have to cut things, or all those things are are forbidden on Shabbos because those are are are, are malachas and uh, and. Uh, you can't, you, know, you can't do that. But sort of to put together a puzzle for a child, that would be uh, that would be uh, allowed. Or putting letters together for a child under bar mitzvah, that would be that would be uh, uh, permitted. And please God, we're going to have a chance next week to to finish this, uh, and and there's plenty more games and things that we want to we want to talk about. But uh, the clock has uh, is ticking against us, as as always. And uh, I just want to invite you to, to stay tuned and keep listening to, to Chai FM. Soon we're going to have the uh, 3 o'clock news and then some wonderful music, Hatzika uh, music leading us up to to, uh, to Shabbos. And I just want, in closing, I want to just again take the opportunity to thank all of you for being with us and invite you all to stay tuned every Monday to Friday between the hours of one and three. There is beautiful Torah, genuine Torah becoming your way over your, over your radio from some of the best speakers in, in Joburg and the rest of the day also. And there are many other opportunities, particularly at night when we can hear some outstanding Torah. Torah topics, no excuse not to be inspired, no excuse not to be learning and growing and, and hearing new new insights and it just as I take leave of you this week, just want to wish each and every one of you a beautiful warm Shabbos Kodesh full of insight, full of inspiration full of beautiful family time together and please God we'll meet you again at the same time uh, next week 
In the meantime, to each and every one of our radio family, a good Shabbos.